the American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. We must take America back as liberty weeps. Our forefathers spin in their graves. Pray God will bless some way out of this mess. We must take America back. Lord knows they'll try to silence our voices. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour of the National Intel Report. I'm your host, John Statmiller, with you on this Friday. Already the third day of April 2020. And by the way, the story that I was referring to about Bill Gates and his little uh, digital dot tattoo. Isn't this lovely? can be used for identity and cashless societies and well, who knows what else. Well, in this is a picture of the venerable Bill Gates, Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the NIAID, and Dr. Francis Collins, the NIH director, of which, hmm, there was a little meeting that took place back, what, uh, in October, Mike? Uh, what was that project number? Event 201. I, was Dr. Fauci, I believe Dr. Fauci was there. Hmm. And folks, if you study the lineage of this and who got involved in the coronavirus, this is all pointing back to Billy Gates. And when this thing started to break wide and the stories about, oh, this evil COVID virus is going to kill millions worldwide, what did Bill Gates do? He stepped down from Microsoft. Hmm. <laughs> well, I've got Mark Dankoff with me. Mark, how are you doing, sir? Great. It's good to be with you again, John, after a very long absence from your segment. And, of course, I always appreciate being on RBN because uh, the folks who listen to this show really know where it's at. And uh, I always enjoy being on here with uh, Patrick Slattery and National Bugle Radio because uh, we have a, a certain foreign constituency that listens to us uh, based upon some of the things that I've written in both the Iranian and the Russian press on some of the same kinds of things that would uh, fit well with your news page. So this is all very good. And uh, in terms of being in, involved with RBN now, uh, when I can when I can be, uh, this is as it should be. And you and I go back a long way together. <laughs> yeah. And as I think you were saying uh, the other day to me, and as uh, has been noted by John W. Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute today in a post that I put on Slattery's page, nationalbugle.com, uh, people like John Whitehead and John Statmiller have been talking for a long time about certain issues uh, where, guess what, through this COVID-19 
uh, virus, it's brought you guys to a new level of credibility uh, as people are starting to look back on what you've been saying for a very, very long period of time and are beginning to conclude, you know, these guys like John Whitehead and John Stabler by George, they're proven to be right. You know, it's funny. I was reading that very article that you're referring to that I posted up on republicbroadcasting.org. And this is basically talking about the martial law in this country. And folks, uh, I mean, martial law for what? Now, Mark, uh, the citizen journalists have been out there following on the heels of local radio stations, of course, reporting as they dutifully have to because they're there for the communities. And they've been dutifully reporting that uh, they've been following this stuff around. You see a report one day in a city, and in New York, they they got busted big time. Uh, We had the vans up there, the refrigerated vans. There was talk of digging massive holes for mass graves. Well, the stories went out, and people took out their iPhones and their recording devices, went to these very same facilities that they're hyping up. We have field hospitals set up. We have all of this. And, Mark... It's a ghost town in these hospitals. We just had a report here uh, from Southern California as well uh, that the guy said, ironically, he said, I heard the show and I wanted to go out and see for myself and I'm just driving back from one of these facilities and there you are on the air talking about it. So he called in and again, a big fat nothing in Palm Springs, California. Mark, what is going on in this planet right now? People are still trying to connect the dots. There's some obvious ones going on. Bill Gates has been center ground in this whole thing, if you uh, if you follow my meaning here. And yes. uh, globalism, is this the globalist New World Order attempt finally to try to take control? Uh, I have tentatively concluded that it is. And, uh, you know, to me, there are a number of things, again, that I've been putting up on Slattery's Big Board at NationalBugle.com that we use for your uh, your show uh, uh, or your network for uh, for his show. And when you start looking through some of the better people that have posted on this, it would certainly appear to be the case. Uh, Donald Jeffries, of course, had one for Lou Rockwell today uh, entitled The Medically Induced Police State. When I was reading through that, talking about the things that uh, Mayor Ralph, quote-unquote, blackface Northam, uh, has done in terms of signing an executive order that essentially locks Virginia down, it really dovetails with something that I saw uh, back in January in Don Wassell's The Nationalist Times, uh, where Don is quoting one Eric Peters. You can find Eric, who's a libertarian, at ericpetersautos.com. And uh, Peters, early on, apparently has been really uh, reporting insightfully uh, to people, on, both on his website and also uh, through people like Wassel's Nationalist Times, about what's been going on in the state of Virginia uh, in regard to what the authorities are trying to do in, in breaking down these sanctuary counties uh, for gun owners and things of this sort. And now that this uh, coronavirus thing has uh, really upped the ante in terms of police state uh, methodologies, I think uh, what uh, uh, Donald Jeffries has to say for Lou Rockwell is particularly significant because it's happening in Virginia, uh, the very place, of course, that Eric Peters was talking about back in January uh, for the Nationalist Times. And uh, uh, Donald Jeffries said something today that uh, really struck me uh, on this whole thing where he says, yes, quote unquote, show me your papers is finally here in the land of the free. 
But when you add to that what Whitehead has said uh, for the Rutherford Institute that Lou Rockwell and Mint Press News picked up on today, the so-called attack on civil liberties in the age of COVID-19, uh, I don't think there's any question that we this whole thing is being used uh, to create uh, a brand of police state uh, that the public would never have gone for before. Uh, and I know of at least one source that I won't quote on the air uh, who was suggesting to me the other day in a phone conversation that, in, in effect, this is moving the post-9-11 police state developments to an entirely new level. So that's the way I'm reading this. Well, and we mentioned John Whitehead now. Who's John Whitehead? Well, he's a constitutional attorney, author, yes. founder, and the president of the Rutherford Institute, and in his book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, um, you can get that on, on Amazon.com. It is a fascinating read. Now, this is what Whitehead has said about this. And let me back up and make sure that I got this absolutely correct. Um, we're talking about lockdown powers at both the federal and state level, the ability to suspend the Constitution, indefinitely detain American citizens, bypass the courts, quarantine whole communities or segments of the population, override the First Amendment by outlawing religious gatherings, which, by the way, news story on republicbroadcasting.org, there is a second preacher that has been arrested and jailed for what? Having church services. They don't like you praying to God. You need to pray to the government. Stop and seize any plane, train, or automobile to stymie the spread of this contagious disease. Well, bear in mind that these powers, uh, the Trump administration acting on orders from the police state are officially asking Congress to recognize and authorize, barely scratch the surface of this far-reaching powers the government has already unilaterally claimed for itself. Now, and and this is absolutely, positively, folks, true. This is, I've been calling this, Mark, uh, a soft, a soft martial law. Exactly. As and, a prelude, I think, to the hard martial law, John, that's the way I'm reading it. Yeah, and, and I as well. This, the... the uh, did you did you happen to see Mark the video where Pompeo is giving his little doodah at the White House, and he makes the statement that this is um, and and we've heard this term before uh, that this exercise and and Trump stopped and he's standing about two and a half three feet away from Pompeo at the lectern and he said, "Well, I wish you would have told me." Yeah, exactly. This is the President of the United States responding to what Mike Pompeo uh, just said to the public, that this is an exercise. Now, we, we don't confuse that. And, and An exercise is an exercise. What did we see? 9-11. What was going on simultaneously? <laughs> the exercise. The That's exercise. Right. Well, and, and many of these shootings, what did they have? And, simul- by, by, and by exercise, we don't mean Jack LaLanne. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, Jack. Good Jack's <laughs> dead, but the guy that he used to eat the pine bark, uh, whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, Yule Gibbons, I think his name was. At any rate. Yule Gibbons, uh, Yeah. Funny, I could fish that out of my head after all these years. <laughs> At any rate, you know, wait, wait. This this is remarkable, and it's taking us a while, and myself included, to wrap my head around this and the total ramifications of it, because this is 
this is something the likes that we have never seen. A global coordinated pandemic shutdown of people and of economies. Boarding up buildings as if they're preparing for a hurricane with 200 mile an hour plus winds, but there's no hurricane here. Uh, but businesses boarding up like there's going to be. But these a lot of these businesses, Mark, are not going to come back. We're getting the tease from the government, of course, with strings attached. <laughs> oh, uh, your tax returns, yes, we're going to go after, uh, uh, we're going on payment uh, of your official record with the IRS. By the way, when you apply for this money, whether it's a business loan or a cash giveaway again from our government, uh, after their silly moves to shut down an entire country and an economy and cause massive problems for how many years to come, we can only guess or surmise. But Mark, this is intentionally inflicted. You might as well have held a gun to your head and pulled the trigger. Well, you know, I'm really prepared to believe that at this point, John. And uh, again, going back to Slattery's board, nationalbugle.com, we posted a story earlier uh, that uh, I think is food for thought on this segment in regard to the direction that you're going, all of which uh, in your direction is exactly my direction on this at this point. But uh, Dr. Michael Chasadovsky, whom I met some years ago in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, uh, at a conference dealing with Israeli war crimes at uh, Shatila, Sabra and Shatila refugee camps in Lebanon in 1982, uh, Chasadovsky, and I believe that gathering with him was in 2013 over there in KL. But nonetheless, on his website, he and a Dr. Anna Laura Palomino Garcia uh, have a story that's entitled Dr. Anthony Fauci, COVID-19, quote unquote, may turn out to be like a bad flu season. And this and the subtitle of this article is his peer reviewed article versus his public statements. Now, uh, the, the, the long and the short of it is just excerpting just a sentence or two from that article uh, by Chasarovsky and by Dr. Garcia. Dr. Anthony Fauci and two co-authors published an article on March 26, 2020 in the New England Journal of Medicine. That's available online, by the way, and there's a link to it in this article. Dr. Anthony Fauci is head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. In this article, linked below, he states that COVID-19 may turn out to be comparable to a seasonal flu or similar to two relatively minor flu pandemics in 1957 and 1968. It's estimated that seasonal flu kills about half a million people globally every year. And the two flu pandemics he cited each are thought to have killed about a million people globally. Uh, so when you look at this story, uh, and listen to the things that Fauci has been saying publicly in these uh, press briefings uh, where Donald Trump is there uh, and there are other public health officials there and the kinds of alarms that he is sounding for the American public on CNN and Fox and MSNBC and so forth and so on. And then actually read what he and his two co-authors published in this New England Journal of Medicine article, which only came out on March 26th. It's like, which Anthony Fauci are we supposed to believe? The one that is uh, featured in these uh, televised press conferences or what he is actually saying on this subject in the New England Journal of Medicine? Because if it's the latter Fauci that we should uh, be uh, uh, paying closer attention to rather than the former, uh, it makes all of these draconian measures 
being taken by state and, uh, and federal government uh, to be even more ominous than they already are. You know, I've, uh, I've not done the due diligence and background that I have on Mr. Fauci, and I, evidently we have time because this uh, coronavirus pandemic uh, is going to go on for quite some time. We don't yet have a, ta- a date or a time as to when it's going to peak or when it's not. Look, Mark, we got this from the CDC. We have it posted on the website. Last year, H1N1 flu killed 80,000 people inside the United States. 80,000 yes. people out of a population of 230, uh, I'm sorry, 330 million plus, uh, yes. plus or minus 20, 30 million illegals being here. Uh, but 80,000 people dead from the H1N1 last year and nobody raised an eyebrow, nobody called it a pandemic. Uh, the World Health exactly. Organization uh, didn't come out and claim a level five or a level six. And level six is Katie bar the door, we're all dead. And I'm looking at this, and so far, and they're not reporting, by the way, Mark, I need to throw this in as well. They're not reporting the health condition of these people that are dying. We exactly. start. We started to get indication of this uh, from the nursing home up in, I believe it was Washington, D.C. or Oregon. Forgive me, I don't have it in front of me. But in this one place, they had 33 people that died of the COVID. But it was a retirement home. These were all elderly people. Out of 130 people in there, 33 people died. Now, yes. that that's a tragedy. We don't like to, but these were people with pre pre. Uh, medical conditions, they had heart problems, they had lung problems, they had dia- they had diabetics. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm absolutely amazed. So today, the astounding number of the dead inside this country, folks, and how many people, even with the roads bare, I, I would venture to guess probably 6,000 people in the last 24 hours died on our highways and our streets from car accidents or car-related accidents involving pedestrians, people on bicycles, skateboards, whatever. Exactly. You know, Mark, I I made this statement, and a lot of people thought it was flip, but I didn't. I said, you know, probably more people, drunks and winos, have fallen off of bar stools and broken their necks that have died than have died from the COVID-19 scare here. At least in the circles you and I travel in, that's right. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's okay. supposed to be a joke. Folks. Okay, You're supposed to laugh at that. Okay. Point. okay. Well, I haven't seen okay. you in a few years. You, you've. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure of your humor, but now I'm getting the flare of it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let me give you an example. I think, John, of how the the human face on this. I get a call the other day from somebody at Press Television Iran that wanted to interview me on a story that's in the UK Guardian, uh, written by a guy who's obviously Jewish, Sam Levin. But nonetheless, it's a fascinating article, and it's entitled, I Won't Survive. uh, Iranian scientist in U.S. detention says that the immigration uh, and customs enforcement people, known as ICE, will let COVID-19 kill him and kill many. Now, uh, I guess we're coming up on a break. Yes. I'll briefly mention what this is about after the break, and then we can kind of take it from there. All righty. Mark Dankoff. This is John Statmiller. This is the National Intel Report, and we will will return. Come on, mouth work. <laughs> Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. 
Well, we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge. And knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Mark, how many how many years has it been since you and I have gotten together? I think you and I first got together in the fall of 2006. I was thinking about that last night, counting years. We first got together in the fall of 2006, although prior to that time, uh, going back to the immediate uh, post-9-11 period when I was still living in Philadelphia, uh, I was uh, an occasional guest uh, on an RBN show, uh, Daniel knew Michael knew's father had recommended me to one of your hosts and as someone who knew quite a bit about Iran specifically in the Middle East generally uh, and so uh, I was used as uh, as a guest occasionally on this segment that was on RBN uh, and then later when I uh, moved back to Texas 
uh, you and I started hooking up in, uh, I believe it was October of 2006. All right. Well, that's been a few years. It's been a few years, and uh, RBN is still clicking away, and you've got a lot of great hosts, and obviously uh, you uh, still stand uh, as Johnny Carson was the king of the talk shows, uh, the king of the night, so to speak. Uh, you're kind of the king of talk show radio in the alt-right, and that's the position that uh, you continue to occupy at the very top of the summit, and uh, that takes a lot of work to do that. And I'm aware of things that we can't discuss on the air that uh, certainly have, uh, uh, from time to time, tried your patience and diligence over oh. a period of many, many years. Oh, and brother. here you are. You're still doing this stuff. Oh, oh, brother, you just said a mouthful there. <laughs> well, sure. Absolutely. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I occasionally uh, have endured the slings uh, and arrows of outrageous fortune doing this stuff since the, since the uh, post-9-11 period. But nonetheless, I think you probably have been shot at more times than virtually anybody. <laughs> and uh, I'm certainly not looking to displace you in that regard. Uh, we'll, I'll give you the award with uh, no questions asked there. But uh, in regard to what you've been talking about, John, uh, on this show up to this point, I wanted to get back to this UK Guardian article. When Press Television Iran ran their own story on this article, and about what's being done to this Iranian scientist currently in U.S. detention, uh, I read what they had to say. And then just to double-check, uh, I checked the U.K. Guardian story, which uh, uh, added up completely with uh, the press television version of these events. Basically, what you've got is this. There's a guy by the name of Dr. Cyrus Asgari, A-S-G-A-R-I. Clearly, this is a, a Persian name. And uh, this guy has deep ties to the United States. Uh, he has been working as a professor uh, at a university in Ohio. I can't tell you which one. And uh, going uh, all these 59 years old, he's got three kids, two of them living in the United States. This guy got his uh, material engineering Ph.D. at Drexel University in Pennsylvania. I'm familiar with it because I was uh, working at Westminster Theological Seminary in, in uh, Philadelphia, which is an offshoot of, of Princeton, at the, uh, roughly the same time this guy was slaving away at Drexel. Uh, but the long and the short of it is the FBI had this guy under surveillance. He ends up being charged with fraud and trade secret theft relating to his work with the university in Ohio. Now, the point is this. There was a long trial, a uh, public trial of this guy uh, in the United States. This guy wins his case. He was acquitted on every single charge in November of this last year, 2019. But the United States had revoked his original visa at the time that he was charged with these alleged criminal activities. But uh, his uh, visa was not restored after the courts said he was innocent. He was then taken into ICE custody. He's remained in prison since then. Uh, and he's tried to get back to Iran. He said, hey, look, just let me buy my own ticket back to Iran, and I'll get out of here. But he's not been able to go before an immigration judge. He's not been granted bond to at least wait in the U.S. with his daughter. And the long and the short of it is, I learned through this contact from Press TV and subsequently from reading this story in The Guardian, that there is uh, an ICE camp in Alexandria, Louisiana, now, this is interesting that Immigration and Customs Enforcement has this camp there. And from what Dr. Asghari told The Guardian and what was subsequently reported by Press Television Iran, uh, this fellow, 
who, uh, again, has been a professor at the Sharif University of Technology there in Tehran, uh, he says that the conditions there are absolutely terrifying. Uh, he says, quote, the way that they have been treating us is absolutely terrifying. I don't think many Americans know what is happening inside this black box, unquote. And as you look at the statements uh, that he made for publication in the U.K. Guardian, this clearly is something that begs for a congressional investigation immediately. Because in terms of overcrowded conditions... Lack of hand sanitizing, uh, uh, the lack of uh, basic uh, items of, of uh, sanitary cleanliness, and so forth and so on. This place is beginning to look like a deliberate breeding ground for COVID-19 uh, with a series of people in there uh, who perhaps don't belong there at all. And in the case of Cyrus Osgari, Dr. Cyrus Osgari, it's very obvious that it's not illegitimate to say at this particular point, that he is a political prisoner in this country, even though a court of law exonerated him from every single federal charge that was made against him. Now, obviously, uh, our listeners are astute enough to know, those who listen to RBN, that this has implications for your civil liberties and mine and everybody else who's listening. We have to take the bottom of the hour break here. Mark Dankoff is my guest. I'm your host, John Statman. This is the National Intel Report, Friday edition, folks. We will take this break. We'll be right back. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website, by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Is the Second Amendment your line in the sand? Is the United States Constitution important to you? Are you worried about gun confiscation? You need to join us for free at gunconfiscation.com. At gunconfiscation.com, you will meet like-minded patriots, get the latest Second Amendment news, and find anything you need to prepare for gun confiscation. Visit gunconfiscation.com today. That's gunconfiscation.com. Which side are you on? Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right. All the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. Don't regret growing old. It's a privilege denied to many. Heart disease is taking our youth from us. Young people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond are dying needlessly. One of the hardest messages I've ever had to deliver is to convince people that something natural like Extendivite should be taken as a preventative measure. I'm sure you heard an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Extendivite is that ounce. Take Extendivite for one year and see what your doctor has to say and how much better you feel. Herbs take time to address the problem. It took years of life to have a problem. Give Extendivite one year to fix a problem. Don't wait until it's too late. Call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or visit us on Amazon. Extend your life with Extendivite. 
Did you know that you can be tracked and traced when you're online? With identity theft and cybercrimes on the rise, your passwords, your identity, and even your physical location can be revealed to complete strangers. Would you like to surf the Internet anonymously and not have to worry about these threats? Well, now you can by visiting PatriotInternet.com. For about $2 per month, PatriotInternet.com will conceal your IP address and your physical location, allowing you to browse the web, send emails, and instant message anonymously. PatriotInternet.com will bypass filters, block sites, and keyword blocking. You can also bypass logging by your router and your ISP. With PatriotInternet.com, there is no software to install and uses 128-bit encryption for your protection. When using wireless hotspots, PatriotInternet.com shields your information from identity thieves and is compatible with Windows, Mac, and Linux. Protect your identity and your freedom with anonymous Internet access from PatriotInternet.com. Visit PatriotInternet.com today. Talking with Mark Dankoff today. Um, Mark, yeah, the Middle East. <laughs> We've had ongoing wars, the longest stretch, uh, and well, I need to correct myself here. In this country's entire history, we have known a total of four years without war, without some sort of police action, without yes. some kind of benevolent at the point of a gun. Uh, helping somebody somewhere, and of course, when you're helping somebody, somebody's going to oppose that, and they don't like uh, troops invading their country without declaration of war of what we have done since World War II, whether it be Korea. And here's your big tip, folks. Anytime that you're having a war that you're involved in and you have a demilitarized zone, that is a U.N. operation. Korea. Vietnam. All of what has been going on for 20 years in the Middle East, no no declaration of war, uh, but millions of people have died at the hands directly of the U.S. military. Exactly. Now, somehow, Mark, uh, let me set this thing up. Mark, uh, somehow that we're going to, we're going to make a deal with the Taliban in Afghanistan, and we're going to get out of Afghanistan. Uh, Syria, the Russians pretty much crushed that one when they came in at the behest of President Bashir al-Assad in Syria. The legitimate leader of the legitimate government there, by the way. Which exactly. has, and this bears this bears the telling, uh, this country, you want multicultural or multi-faith gatherings? Uh, they had Jews and Christians and Arabs and all kinds of people living side by side and very peacefully in Syria. Well, until the U.S. showed up, and then Russia exactly. had and Russia intervened. Now we've got one or two targets on the seven states that must be put asunder in the Middle East. We got two left, and one of them is Iran. Now we've been meddling in Iran's affairs for some sixty-six plus years. 
1953 with Operation Ajax, folks, was uh, the real beginning of it. That is correct. And uh, we had to get rid of uh, the Mosaddegh guy and put the Pavli guy in there. And, well, he was more amenable to the wishes of the U.S. and oil and, well, just being more conducive to crime and corruption and everything else. This is why you saw the quote-unquote radical element rise in Iran because they were tired of being screwed with. They were exactly. They were tired of this. So automatically, of course, in in this popori here of these terrorist nations that pose such a great threat to the United States, who's the entities that are to benefit from these undeclared wars and millions dead in the Middle East, Mark? Well, certainly uh, we look at Israel, don't we? They are a beneficiary of this. They are very much. Uh, not only behind the scenes, but right up front involved in egging the United States on where their Israel's surrogate wars are concerned. Uh, we could talk about the oil and natural gas industry. And then there's your favorite and mine, John. There are central bankers who make terrific amounts of money off of these undeclared wars that go on forever. And uh, where, uh, in this case, the United States government has been borrowing, in addition to the fiat money they've been printing to support this garbage, uh, the untold amounts of money that they have been borrowing from central bankers uh, to finance these fishing expeditions that have no Article 1, Section 8 imprimatur on them. So uh, this has been going on for a very, very long period of time. Uh, and as I consider the whole thing, and of course I lived in Iran many years ago when my parents were stationed there, and I was spending some summers over there in between my college years, I get back to uh, a personal salute I'd like to make briefly on the air to Charles Bousman the editor of Russia Insider, uh, for reposting my article on COVID sanctions on Iran expose the evil of the Zionist U.S. empire. Now, I think that that article has a great deal of merit for our listeners as well as uh, the rest of the world has been taking a look at it, John, for several reasons. One, if uh, our listeners look at nationalbugle.com to find the link immediately, uh, they will discover that in the excerpt uh, from the first paragraph of that article, uh, of all the uh, outlets and agencies that I've been working for in this uh, in this great effort since 9/11, the very first one that is mentioned there is RBN, uh, and that's uh, that longtime relationship is now being echoed uh, from with Russia Insider and with some of the Iranian sites that have been posting this same piece. And as you get into the what is being said in this article uh, through a series of links. Uh, not only to things that I've written, uh, but to, that other people have written, we get a bird's eye view of precisely the empire's war on Iran that you have so eloquently underscored since 1953, up to and including now, where we have these literally criminal COVID-19 sanctions being imposed on that country for doing what? Well, for abiding by its end of the deal, in the JCPOA P5 plus 1 treaty uh, that involved not only the United States and Iran, uh, but these other countries that were that uh, were signatories to the treaty, who have not pulled out of it, by the way, uh, as Trump did unilaterally. And when we ask ourselves who was behind Trump's decision to just pull us out of this treaty and to impose all these sanctions that Bolton and Pompeo and Steve Mnuchin were angling for, it's quite obvious that the Zionist entity is the key player 
uh, in this arrangement, this criminal arrangement, uh, along, of course, with the usual people who profit by this sort of thing, central bankers and armaments manufacturers come immediately to mind. Uh, but the, at the end of the day, the average person in Iran loses, uh, the average American loses, because this is diverting attention and resources away from a battle that we've got at home to get our own house in order again. This is also a constitutional issue in that all of these things that have been going on uh, do not have an Article 1, Section 8 imprimatur on them. Ron Paul, of course, has been warning us for a very, very long period of time that since all of this started uh, after the, uh, the treaty uh, was withdrawn from by the United States, this country has been, in terms of these sanctions, engaging in acts of war against a country that whatever you think of their government is not, according to Article 1, Section 8 of our Constitution, a country that we are at war with. And this, to me, gets into things you understand, John, and many of our listeners understand, getting back to our old buddy Thomas Jefferson. When you're dealing with a government that is doing these kinds of things in an empire-like fashion abroad, this is a government that no longer represents the old American republic. It is the American empire, and that government is not simply a threat to nations that we should not be at war with in any sense of the word, like Iran and Syria, what we've been doing in Ukraine, what we're trying to yet do in Venezuela, ad infinitum and ad nauseum. But this is a government that is increasingly aiming its weapons at us. As Donald Jeffries points out today, as John W. Whitehead points out today, as you've been pointing out on this show, John Statmiller, uh, this is where it sits. Uh, and if the American people have been asleep at the switch for a very, very long period of time, and they certainly have been, surely they hopefully will wake up in this COVID-19 nightmare that we're presently in the middle of and say, you know, uh, this is starting to look uh, like the Iranians and the Palestinians and the Syrians and the Venezuelans and all these <laughs> other places where we have been engaged in this monkey business. These people are not our natural enemies. It's the forces behind the American empire which wants to break us as much as it wants to break the governments of these other places and the indigenous peoples of these various locales. And that's the scary part of this to me. Well, I, I, would, I would like the American people to look at this from a different perspective, uh, that uh, are we not being sanctioned here in our own country, Mark? Well, certainly we are. Yes, and, and and I wanted to before we the time gets away from us here. It's been quite a few years, but I wanted to get your take here. And the media's handling now. Palestine was a state, was yes. a country at one time. Well, we had World War II, and shortly afterwards, um, got together, made a declaration. Uh, we brought in the newly formed and very – this is – folks were talking about the very start of the United Nations. Between England, the United Nations, and, of course, some diplomatic help from the United States, um, after World War II, since six million Jews were killed in Germany in the gas chambers and murdered and shot and all that, uh, Israel – there had to be a state – and it was called Israel. It's where the Jews could go and live in relative peace. And as I look back through time, I saw the landmass that Israel first was. 
And the situation landmass-wise has been pretty much reversed. So in other words, Palestine was a sovereign nation. Then the deal was made to bring in Israel, plop it basically pretty much in the middle of Palestine. And now the situation has been flipped. What used to be a postage-sized stamped, uh, say, area for the Jews in Israel, in Palestine, inside Palestine, now it's the postage-sized stamped open-air prisons, and it can be described no other way, that now the Palestinians are living in. And nobody in the American press looks at it from the perspective of there was an entity that went into Palestine, uh, they waged war on the people, they pushed them off of their land, and now these people are suffering and dying in open-air prison camps. <laughs> With a complete facilitation of both of the, of the most powerful people in both of the major political parties in this country, and with the complete acquiescence of our six major media corporations. You've exactly identified this, John, both in terms of the way that this so-called landmass has been perpetually changing against the Palestinians since 1947, 1948. It's also important, I think, to underscore that there were forces, very active forces in the late 19th century, well before World War II, well before the Hitler period of time in Germany, who uh, had their designs on on uh, Palestine as the uh, place where they would uh, recreate uh, the ancient state of Israel. And that gets into all kinds of things that will divert me uh, from, uh, from our purpose here today if I get into all of the derivative mm. uh, implications of this, certainly. <clears throat> but the long and the short of it is that this has, at the same time, created a circumstance where the Israelis have more power, arguably, than their lobby has more power with, uh, with the government of the United States than any other lobby extant. I think we got into the actual figures of the Washington Report for Middle East Affairs gives us every year on this, that I think that would give you the numbers that would substantiate what I just said. But then we get into, amazingly, not only what this has done to Palestine, but it gets into the whole issue of Israel's grand design on greater Israel, which if one understands that term, which is found in virtually all of the constitutions of virtually all of the political parties in Israel, greater Israel and their understanding uh, is not simply Palestine as we see it on a map presently. It is all the territory between the Nile River and the Tigris-Euphrates rivers. That's a very, very big stretch of land of which this... Uh, uh, beginning in 1947-48 in Palestine was only the beginning. The other aspect of this, which just blows me away, and I know that you're as aware of this as anybody extant, John, when you look at all of the criminal activities that Israel has directed against the United States in terms of espionage, in terms of technology theft, uh, and in terms, uh, arguably, of a series of things uh, that have uh, been directed violence against the American people and against uh, American interests, both in the United States and abroad, it's utterly staggering. We get back to the Levant affair of the early 1950s. Uh, we get into uh, the provable uh, Meyer Lansky, uh, David Ben-Gurion link to the Kennedy assassination, and that's where our old friend, the late Michael Collins Piper, comes into play. Uh, with his work, Final Judgment, the complete text of which, by the way, 
is available for free if you search for it in the UNS review. Then we start getting into uh, the real circumstances of the 67 and 73 wars. By the way, before, start, before you continue, that's the UNS, U-N-Z. Yes, dot com, I believe. There it is. Okay, please continue. Yeah. And uh, so uh, people can get the complete text of Final Judgment there if they search uh, Piper's name uh, under, with the UNS review. Uh, you start getting into uh, such things as the uh, the Promise affair, where Israel and China collaborated uh, in stealing uh, secrets from the American Los Alamos nuclear laboratory via a, an altered version of the Promise software that was altered by Israel, by the way. Uh, there's the Pollard spy case. There's 9/11. We've uh, we've talked about that a lot in these last 19 years, haven't we? Yes. There are are the USS Liberty attack in 1967. It just goes on and on and on and on. And in more recent times, Israel has been using the Mujahideen e Kalk, M-E-K, uh, currently based in Albania. This is uh, a, an Iranian, uh, historically an Iranian terrorist organization. Uh, directed against uh, uh, elements of the United States military, by the way, in Pahlavi, Iran, back in the 60s and 70s. It is a so-called Islamic Marxist organization, if you want to figure out whatever that's supposed to mean. But now they are aligned with Israel and with the United States and with Saudi Arabia because uh, they are being touted by such luminaries as Mike Pompeo uh, and Rudolph Giuliani and John Bolton is the logical go-to people to replace the current regime in Iran. Well, uh, they have their uh, little hideaway presently in Tehran, outside of Tirana, Albania, and uh, these people were behind the assassinations of these Iranian nuclear scientists in Iran. They've been involved in all kinds of criminal activities from their, uh, from their heyday in Pahlavi, Iran, uh, to when they were doing the bidding of the United States and Saddam Hussein, in uh, chemical warfare in the 1980 to 1988 Iran-Iraq war, these are people who have murdered at least 17,000 Iranian citizens since the Islamic Revolution. Uh, and these are people that uh, people ranging from uh, uh, Dr. Paul Sheldon Foote of Cal State Fullerton, who's an expert on this subject, uh, to uh, people like Mossad Kotabanda over at Iran Interlink, who was a major player in this organization before he got out of it years ago. They reveal the cultic religious dimensions of this outfit, uh, where uh, Masood and Miriam Rajavi uh, run this outfit like uh, Charles Manson would have years ago uh, with his cult. And these are the people that the Zionists want to take over the Iranian government. Fascinating, isn't it? Uh, The Iranians. And I wanted to ask you the question when you were a younger man and you were there in Iran, uh, How did you find the Iranian people? Terrific people. And I still do, for that matter. Uh, I had a very positive experience in Iran, uh, even uh, among people who really knew what I did not know in those days as a young person. I had no idea when I was visiting over there in the 1970s uh, what had happened in 1953. And when I got a little bit of wind of this and I asked somebody about it, uh, who was connected with the American government at that time, they said to me, Oh, Mossadegh was a communist. Uh, we got rid of him because he was a communist. Hmm. A lot of course is totally ludicrous. And when one reads Stephen Kinzer's book on this subject, uh, as well as something that the American free press to their credit republished, 
uh, from all of the papers on this 1953 Operation Ajax uh, thing uh, that they got from the George Washington University National Security Archives, uh, it shows what a laughable statement that is. Uh, and it also shows uh, that uh, it's amazing that the average Iranian citizen, uh, at least in the years I was there, uh, had a very high regard for decent average Americans like me who happened to be visiting. And today, all this time later, press television Iran, I'd be the first person to say this. If there are any neocons or Zionists listening, they're, gonna, they're going to uh, jump all over me as they do from time to time. Press television Iran, Tasneem News Agency of Iran, uh, Fars News Agency and the Tehran Times, just to name four of these outlets, uh, they extend more press freedom to American alt-right people uh, and to uh, what the, the, the old uh, American right is. They have come to understand what a different element we are from these neocons and Zionists that crop up in obnoxiously high numbers uh, in both the Republican Party and the Trump administration as well as their neoliberal counterparts in the Democratic Party. So those folks have had, when I read their stories on all kinds of things, uh, it's not uh, just when they have me on once in a while or print something that I say, but when they publish stories, it uh, the average listener to RBN would really profit by consulting these people from time to time in their English-language websites, because one will be amazed at what is there that is verifiable that is nowhere to be found uh, in American corporate media, again, controlled by these six uh, major media consortiums uh, that kind of came together from the Clinton era onward. Well, and, and it's rather fascinating to me. You know, images is what sticks in people's brains. Uh, and Iranians and people of the Middle East are always depicted as wearing these pantless muumuu type of outfits, long beards, scruffy, unwashed, scrambling around. Uh, and yes. they're 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 just uh, you know Mark, uh, cradle of civilization, uh, Middle East, going back millennium. Uh, exactly, these people have been disregarded. Their rich cultural histories thrown out exactly. the window. Their cities mowed down, turned into rubble. And I I want you people to to. And I thought about this after I talked to you the other day, Mark. In this country, we're talking about sheltering in place and martial law-type tactics and this, that, and the other. Uh, in this country, we have not ever seen the devastations of the cities of Europe in World War II, or World War I, for that matter. You, you have not had to walk amongst dead and rotting bodies and toppled buildings, where in this country, the infrastructure is still there, there's still food on the shelves, but imagine this, folks, that you're in a country in the Middle East in current times, and there is nothing but utter devastation. You were talking about businesses shutting down in this country. Well, we were talking about businesses and people in entire communities and cities wiped off the face of the planet, family members dead, no future, and they are just standing there, and they're imploring, and they're asking God, what help us something's going on here we cannot stop it and i am with you on this one mark there are many people in this country that haven't jumped on the arabs are all terrorist sharia law is taking over i have been through this many 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 times people are misassigning the blame 
and who is behind the some of the world's worst atrocities. Exactly. And exactly, John, I don't think I could say it any better. And really, when we look at this and uh, think of uh, one George W. Bush, uh, who made the statement that they hate us because of our freedoms, yeah. uh, you listen to that kind of garbage coming out of an individual who was a governor of Texas uh, and later a president of the United States, uh, it's obvious that that is not the reason why uh, the American government is held in such low esteem, both in Iran and Syria, as well as around the world. Uh, it is quite obvious uh, why this government is held in such low esteem. And I think the most important thing that we can say to all of our alt-right uh, activists and listeners today is this. We don't have to agree with somebody else's government to recognize that we don't need to be at war uh, with these governments or with their peoples, and that these kinds of sanctions are war crimes, as I've stated in the Iranian press on several occasions. Dr. Philip Giraldi of the Council for the National Interests also used that same statement. These are, these are crimes against humanity. These are war crimes. Uh, and that, once again, oh, we oh, get but back wait, to wait, Jefferson. Wait, 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 let, me, let me stop you here. It can't be a war crime if it's an undeclared war. There can't be a violation of treaty or a Geneva Convention or anything else. Oh, and by the way, when we get into the more dicey operations that's intended to do massive killings, we just go out and, well, we run a soldier. We just go out there and get the mercs because they, again, are not under any sort of military restraint. They're private organizations, and they can go do whatever they want to. And exactly. The and the we, military covers for it, and so does the American government. Exactly. We, we outsource the killing to private interests, right? Just like we have outsourced our pharmaceutical industry to China. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kelly Vlahos of the American Conservative has one on here on nationalbeagle.com that will make one's blood boil in regard to the forces in this country that are trying to keep the United States from reclaiming its own pharmaceutical industry here. So there we are. Mark, um, you're well-spoken, well-studied, well-researched. You are into the journalist, you're in there talking and wheeling and dealing, and you're in the know. And I'm going to have to have you back. I, I appreciate you very much, and I especially appreciate our conversation that took place the other day. It is my privilege to be with the great one, the, uh, the absolute king of the hill in terms of talk, alt-right talk radio, John. And I imagine that that's going to be your title for a very long time to come. Well, don't tell anybody, but rumor has it that I'm taking over for Rush Limbaugh and I'm going to have 600 radio stations. If hey, you, that's great. If Give you... me a job if that's true. <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Right. God bless. You too. How would you like to earn an extra $10,000 or more a month from the comfort of your home? We show you how to win with a home-based business opportunity. This could be one of the best financial decisions you ever make. Work from home, full-time or part-time. Plus, you'll never have to talk to anyone. Our professional sales team closes all your sales for you, and you keep 70% of all the sales made. You could be earning money while you're sleeping, shopping, working out, wherever you are, day or night. Our system goes to work for you. You can make a great income without any special computer skills or sales training. Plus, you get paid fast. Within just 24 to 48 hours after our professional sales team closes a sale for you, let us help you eliminate your financial concerns. You could be earning enough money to pay off debt, buy a house, a car, or whatever the case may be. We've got you covered. If you'd like to add an extra 
extra $10,000 or more a month to your portfolio. And you would like to know exactly what we're doing and how we're doing it. Go now to www.getstartedwithus.com. That's www.getstartedwithus.com. Again, that's www.getstartedwithus.com. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network. <laughs> 